yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Do See, I sound just... drunk? No. We always did. Are you drunk? Uh, we always did a. The dragon will come when he hears the drum at a quarter to two today. At a quarter to two today. The dragon will come when he hears the drum at a quarter to two today. At a quarter to two today. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, when I was in like choir in high school, shocker, I did a lot of theater in my youth. Um, I know, right? It's so unexpected. Um, we did a bumblebee tune up. Because the, or, but you would like sing it. I'm not going to sing it. Bumblebee Sorry. Bumblebee tuna. Bumblebee tuna. Because you have to make sure that you're not saying bumblebee tuna. It's bumblebee tune up. And then you go straight into another B. So that like P to B. The P. Bumblebee tuna. Oh, Jake's singing, which <laughs> isn't making me the most optimistic about how sober you are. How you like them? The lady with the paper hat asked me as she poured a little more coffee. Into my cup As that you say I said As a sad smile spread across her face And I looked up She said I'd take you to be a soft-boiled man I don't understand I reluctantly confessed Listen, son, she said I don't mean to upset you But you've got to know I'm going to have to break a couple of things To make your breakfast Just glad to see you blue morning And the yellow egg at the break of rain day But you gotta break them before you make them That's what they say But you gotta break them before you make them That's what they say You gotta break them before you make them That's what they say Welcome to How Do You Like Your Eggs, a show for people who love to eat from people who live to cook. Our guest today is Jared Quinn, who is possibly one of the most underrated line cooks in New Orleans and a personal friend. So that's a soft brag right there. <laughs> soft brag for you or for Jared? Uh, pick one. Pick one. All right. Um, and Jared actually has kind of changed pace in his career a little bit. Uh, in recent past, but we'll get into that in just a minute. First things first, I'm going to do my job properly this time. Jared, how do you like your eggs? I like them uh, over hard, you know, old habits die young. <laughs> I will probably do that. Um, you're, Yeah, you're definitely our first over hard so far on the show. You know, you get as you get older, it's just a much simpler thing to do when you're at home. Yeah, a little less uh, focus is required, maybe. You know, years of poaching eggs for brunch, you know, just, it warps you, and you're just like, I never want to make someone else do that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's cruel. Like, I, I love, like, Eggs Benedict, but I will never, for as long as I live, probably order it ever again. Well, it's very considerate of both of you. Jared, let's kind of start at the beginning, I guess. A very good place to start, in the words of Julie Andrews. How did you get into the service industry? <laughs> Sorry, I tried My Sound of Music reference really just registered for Jake. Um, not exactly the crowd for that kind of thing, that I guess. That's what the um, how did you get into the service industry? How old were you? What I, motivated you? I was, uh, I was 17, and uh, it was, I was working at a subway. <laughs> uh, 
the Humble some beginnings. the summer before college. And then when I got to college, mm-hmm. I worked in the dining commons on the floor, and they told me it was an extra dollar an hour to work in the kitchen. Hey. And so, you know, this was 1999, an extra dollar, like, was, <laughs> like, went a long way. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh, I'll work in the kitchen. And uh, this was, you know, industrial cooking. So, you yeah. know, you were cooking for a thousand people wow. a day. And uh, you come to realize it's much easier to cook for a thousand people than it is to cook for two people. <laughs> but uh, it definitely involved waking up at like five in the morning to go to work to crack 10,000 eggs for breakfast, you know, cooking, you know, 500 pounds of pasta, sitting there and peeling 50, 60 pounds of potatoes, carrots. Yeah. You know, a lot of uh, training for a, later. A, a lot of grunt work. There we, you go. We, you know, we were just basically a giant prep crew. That was, you know, underpaid for Were you doing all of this in addition to going to classes? Uh, I was going to classes on and off over the course of my <laughs> college career. I did graduate college. Hey, yeah, there you that's go. How, yeah. That's okay. The, the side hustles begin early for you. And then how long did it take doing that to kind of transition into working in kitchens a little more professionally? Um, I moved to Seattle in 2005, and I was teaching school during the day and then on the weekends and nights I worked mm-hmm. in a vegetarian restaurant. Okay. Uh, I would making like doing brunch and like doing cold apps and salads and stuff. This is like complete news to me for <laughs> as like as long as like I've known you, you've just been like kind of the meat guy. And the fact that he worked in a vegetarian restaurant is surprising to you? For four and a half years. Almost like a little bit of a betrayal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. I, uh, I, I cooked a lot of tofu and tempeh. <laughs> it's called for... versatility, Jake. Get okay. used to it. But, uh, so, oh, sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, what prompted your move to New Orleans? How long ago was that? Uh, that was six years ago. I had been living in New York City for a couple years, and it wasn't working out. Uh <laughs> New York has a way of taking everything away from you. Uh, but it did give me the education that I needed to yeah. work in kitchens. Because I got to New York. I, I wasn't there on purpose. I ended up there by accident. And I was only supposed to stay for three months. And I and ended then... up there for three years. And so that's when I started like working, d- doing like fine dining and, okay. so, and things. Um, but when I got there, I was a water cookie dough. And I left like hard as iron. Uh, Which I'm sure has served you well. It definitely served me well. In your time. Yeah, so I came to New Orleans because I had come here once when I was, like, in 2011. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I could totally live here. And it took a couple of years. But, like, I was able to pull myself out of debt and make enough money where I could move here. And, uh, you know, I didn't know anybody. And I convinced somebody to move here with me. Random, you know, just being like, you have nothing to do where you are. Like, just move with me here. Well, what have you got to lose? Yeah. Probably the easiest selling point of New Orleans. Yeah. Luckily, New Orleans is the only city populated by uh, other people's friends. Like, everyone has, <laughs> everyone has a friend who lives in New Orleans. Yes, so when exactly. So when I told everyone I was moving to New Orleans, I said, hey, does anyone have somebody I could live with for a while? Literally everyone you know yeah. was like, oh, I know someone. Yeah, there, there was a handful of people like, oh, my friend can take you in for like a week here. And that's just basically what I did until I found a place. Kind of figured it out from there. Um, now that you're in New Orleans, could you ever leave or do you feel like now this is, this is kind of it? No, I could totally leave. Like, <laughs> no, that's fair. You know, I, New, I mean, not New, that I've thought about it before or nothing. Look, New, New Orleans grinds you down in a different way. But, no, that's you know. totally true. 
<laughs> I mean, the, the cost of living here is still pr- pretty decent compared to the rest. At of least compared the to country. New York, for sure. So recently, you have made the change from working in kitchens full time to driving for Uber full time. What inspired that change for you? It was more of a like a I had done my I'd been doing this on and off for twenty years, you know, since yeah. I was seventeen, and the just it's more of the physical toll on my body, totally. but also the mental toll of working in kitchens and like I had got to a point where I was at the top of my game. Like I was, I had made it to, I was the head chef of a restaurant mm-hmm. and I worked for a large restaurant group who, uh, <laughs> just couldn't really understand like what I want, like what I was doing. Yeah. Um, who shall I, remain nameless. Wink. And they shall remain nameless. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you get tired of answering 30 emails a day yeah. about, you know, why are your food costs two percent higher than the last year? Or, or why are your labor costs two percent higher than last year? Mm-hmm. And I would send one one line emails like inflation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, I do have to pay people more. And... Well, trying to explain to them that's like, look, you have the same staff you had last year, but you had to pay them more because they've been here a year longer. Didn't seem to like sit with Register them. For people. And they they unconsciously would say that like, well, why don't you just you know, hire new staff. It's like, you want me to fire my good employees and hire, and, and hire new people employees? who need to be trained? Because well, you can get away with paying them less. No, it also, like, it seemed, it just continually shocks me that, like, people don't realize it's like, yeah, it's, it's more competitive now. Like, especially in New Orleans, like, yeah. there are continually more restaurants and less cooks. It's like, they'll just go where the money is. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing is, right now, as a cook, you do have options. I know. You really do. Like, I feel shitty about saying this because, like, when I, it was my nightmare when I was a sous chef, like, being in charge of hiring. But, like, as a, just a cook now, I was like, oh, this is great. I get to go work wherever I want. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I could, I could leave here and call five people and have a job tomorrow. Yeah. At a wage that would be decent, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't be that hard, you know, like, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm the kind of person that, doesn't need a lot of training. I can jump into any situation. Yeah. You just have to show me your pickups and your recipes. And, and then, yeah. I mean, I, I, I already still, I still mercenary around the city for my personal friends yeah. when they're desperate, you know, a day here, a yeah. day there. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely get that. <laughs> uh, yeah. We formed too strong of connections in this city to Walk away entirely, I think. Yeah, but there are there are people I know who actually make a living just hopping, popping well, in. Yeah, yeah, for two wow. week stints, and they it's just like they just move around the city like food service temping. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, I'm surprised. Sure. I'm surprised there isn't like there is obviously like with like global and there are other yeah. there are yeah, other yeah. institutions, but like people who are independent of that, like going around and just like offering their services at their price because they have a decent reputation, but they don't want to be tied down to one location mm-hmm. and they want the flexibility of being like n- not having to like owe anybody anything yeah I've always been shocked there's not like a, like a cook tender or just like <laughs> you like try and like you just like look at pictures of their menu in their restaurant and you just like I was like no I don't want to work there I don't want to work there and then just like oh you made a connection it's like no oh, <laughs> you're willing to pay me the amount I want to make and I like what you're doing that's so great 
Send I mean, you a message. I mean, in reality, like the city is so small and <laughs> we all talk. And so we all know the places that we yeah. don't work. It's basically what it yeah. actually is. But. In reality, all you have to do is go on Craigslist and see oh, yeah. what restaurants are always hiring. And like we all know the restaurants that, that are, are always, always hiring because they burn through people. You know, those restaurants shall not be named, but, you know, oh. for they're for younger cooks who want to make a name for themselves don't yeah. realize when you get paid in prestige and still i don't know respect yourself yeah yeah i, ha- I had that problem in new york you know where i was working in some really nice restaurants and then i was mad about the money i was making and they're like oh you should be you should be honored to work here this is a really great place and i was like does, does honor pay my rent? Yeah, it's like, like I'm, I'm not here for exposure, but thank you so much for this internship. Unless honor is like a guy who's going to show up on the 29th, like I don't really give a shit. <laughs> I think I think it comes to the fact that like I didn't go to culinary school and that I kind of just started oh. in this like makeshift. Like I would never plan to be working in kitchens this long, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Do any of us actually plan? I mean. Says know. the guy who, the only person in this room who went to culinary school. Yeah. That's as much of a plan as I think a person could have. To be fair, it was also kind of a grift when I started. Um, yeah, no, I, I learned early on that culinary school was like, was such a racket. Oh, I yeah. mean, you, you were paying a, a lot of money to basically learn French technique. Mm-hmm. And thank you. Eggs. Hey. Is that is that smoked paprika? Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you're not actually learning how to work in a restaurant. You're mm-hmm. learning how to like build. Yeah. You're learning how to build a plate. You're learning how to like create a menu, but it doesn't give you any practical work. Yeah, in actually working in a restaurant. People ask me all the time. It's like, oh, I'm a good cook. I like. Can I work in a restaurant? I was like, I want you to go home and I want you to get everything out for the three best dishes you make mm-hmm. and I want you to make those same dishes exactly every 10 minutes for an hour and if you can repeat that six times exactly an hour come out consistently consistently like, you can work in a restaurant there you go I was talking to like a co-worker who's like a baker pretty recently and they're like oh it's like like you know like I want to try but like I I really want to like have nice skills like yours and it was like how did you get that good and it's like well it's like here's you here here's what you do I'll give you my Restaurant Depot card. You spend $20 on a 50-pound sack of potatoes, and you cut all those potatoes, and you try to make them look exactly the same. And then, and then you, you do, you do that it again. over and over again yeah. until they do look exactly yeah. the same. It's like, you're my coworker. I'm willing to invest. I'll buy you the potatoes. Because um, I, th- I think what a lot of people don't understand is that like working in kitchens is not about creating. It's about assembling. Like yeah. Everything is already created. No. You just have to put the... the like all the mise en place together mm-hmm. to form the dish. No, you know, exactly. Because like, people people are mis- line, people like are mystified when you explain to them like the things we do to cut corners, like par poaching eggs for brunch the night before and leaving yeah. them. I out. remember my first brunch yeah. job when and, I realized that that yeah. was a thing. It's like, oh, duh. I've seen yeah. people, you know, sandbag steaks. Uh, Pre put the pre griddle on French toast. No, yeah. What? Put, Even that's a little. Put put the pre marks on burgers. That's kind of fucked, man. Like even I like. That's a little upsetting, actually. <laughs> Jake has a line, and now we know where it is. 
Shockingly, it's burgers. Yeah. No, no I, I very much remember. It's a, he's making a face like it's a really good egg. It is so. a really good egg. There you go. Thank you. It must be that smoked paprika. Oh, it's definitely it's the definitely paprika. The smoked it's not paprika. me. I know. I, I guess I'm the kind of guy, like, you get your eggs, like, you always want, it, like, a piece of toast to put it on, like, you know. I spent a lot of time. I like. I love that Denny's out in Kenner, like near mm. the airport, because oh, yeah. it's the only Denny's in like a thirty mile area. Wait, I actually do love the Denny's. Well, and also like most consistent eggs, weirdly enough. I know in a town that's ruled by Waffle House and IHOPs, like mm-hmm. driving, drive, driving twenty minutes to the Denny's to get yourself a skillet, like or a moon over Miami. I'm not gonna lie, like I, this is probably like I haven't been to Waffle House in like probably eight months. Because I showed up wasted at like one in the morning, and I asked them to make me a rare steak, and they took pictures of me, and I've just been like kind of like too embarrassed to go back. <laughs> Wait, they, they, did they put them put you up on the wall and like? That's the funniest story you've ever told me. Do not serve this person. I don't know. Like, Wait, I, I haven't been back. I might be on the wall. Did they give you the steak? Yeah, it was. They were taking pictures in case you came back. With food poisoning, or in case they saw your obituary. I don't... Maybe. All right? <laughs> was it actually rare? No. No. No, of course of course it wasn't. It was mid-rare. You know, that's honestly that surprising. If you wanted me. a rare, you should just ask for it raw. Yeah. And they would have gotten They would have had to cook it. I got, like, as close to Pittsburgh as you can get with a steak that is, like, as thin as my thumbnail. That's true. They are very good steaks. <laughs> yeah, it was like it's like the gray version of Pittsburgh. <gasps> it's a Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with more from Jared Quinn after a small commercial break. Which is what I would say if we had sponsors. If you would like to become a sponsor of How Do You Like Your Eggs, please contact Asher Griffith at louder at cicadaradio.com. And now Back to the show. I'm like a, I'm like a little hostess. With the mostess? I guess I am very much technically a hostess of this podcast, so. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah. And arguably, no, not arguably, the most of us. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Welcome back. So, Jared, this might seem like a fairly obvious question, but... Working in a kitchen versus driving Uber, is it as different as one might expect, or are they shockingly similar? Well, you have to talk to more people. Uh, yeah. I kind of got into cooking because I didn't have to talk to people. No, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I've wor- I worked in front of the house for many years, like, on and off, and I came to the conclusion that I wasn't, it wasn't the, really. It wasn't for me. Like, oh. yeah. But, um, I mean, they're very similar in the fact that they're both masochistic activities. Like, <laughs> um, like you are putting yourself in a, a, a compartmentalized situation mm-hmm. for which there is no escape. Yeah. I imagine the hours are pretty similar. You know, I mean... I guess I, depending. I, 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 work, I work cook hours, which means I work, like, 50-plus hours a week mm-hmm. yeah. because that's what I'm used to. Um, to work 40 hours a week would be alien to me because I haven't worked 40 hours a week in... 10 years, <laughs> 10, 12 years. You wouldn't know what to do with yourself. I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Like, you know, like, wow, I got like six hours off to like go do stuff. But uh, what, would you, what would you actually do? Then? That's a good question. What would you actually do? I suppose there is kind of a similarity in the sense that like 
when a guest enters and then exits a restaurant, it is a very, like, encapsulated experience, and the same for, like, entering an Uber. Yeah, but you don't ever see the guest as a cook. That's true. You're, like, just, you're responsible for it, even though you don't interact for me, with like, them. For me, like, you know, I was, I was working in a steakhouse here for years, and... Mm-hmm. My front house manager is like, oh, you should really get to know some of our regulars. I'm like, they're not people to me. No. Like, like they're just orders. They're like, just covers. Like, like, he's like, that's a, he's a mid-rare, like, ribeye. Like, she, she's a medium well skirt steak. He's a, he's a Pittsburgh, like, mid, medium plus, like, New York strip. Like, they don't have identities to me. They're just plates. I know them as well as I have to know them. Yeah. <laughs> um. Do you feel like you, I don't know, are like gaining anything or taking something away by having more FaceTime with people now? Or I'm learning that people have the same amount of manners they have in restaurants, which is none. None. <laughs> <laughs> a negative amount of manners, <laughs> no, they're, they're, actually. Like, much like in a restaurant, there's a certain amount of en- entitlement that comes with taking an Uber or Lyft drive. Like, like you feel that, like, this person is at your beck and call when in fact all you're getting is a ride. Yeah. You're not a chauffeur. Like it's the same in a kitchen, like where like you're Mm -hmm. getting what's on the menu. Oh my gosh. Yes. Not what you want to eat. Yeah. That's not how going to a restaurant. I feel like, yeah. I mean, I feel like we've always defined this as like a service industry podcast and like, it seems like we bounce over all over the place, but we actually don't. Like, yeah, no, I think this is very undeniably like also a service. Oh, it's definitely position. A, it's 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 a service position. We all got to serve somebody. Yeah. And, the yeah, only I mean, the only difference is like I don't have a set schedule anymore, and I and I spend way more money on gas <laughs> as opposed to other things. Yeah, I mean, like I think feel like it comes down to like the basis definition of a service industry person is like, well, can you tell some a total stranger to fuck off or not? Because like if you're if you're not allowed to say what you feel out loud to a total stranger who's in your space, then that's a service <laughs> position. Yeah, there you go. Um, I feel like that's as good of a segue as any. Um, do you have like any weirdest ride stories that stand out in your mind? That I mean, you know, you have your your definitely handfuls of people throwing up. Um, people tend to treat. They're 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 rideshare drivers as like bartender psychologists, and yeah, they will just... admit to anything because oh they think they'll like never see you again. It is totally like... taxi cab confidential, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and it get and it gets pretty rated R like in there. Like people admit to the strangest <laughs> things. No, like I even like on ride sharing, it's like it's like man, like I, we were just both going to the quarter. It's like. I don't do say. not need to know these like, things. I don't want to know that you cheated on your husband. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. I'm like, I know we got 15 minutes, but I don't, I don't need the, like, the hard details of your life story. Like, I don't need to know about your divorce and your three kids. Like, we can talk about the weather and sports and, like. <laughs> As someone that has to take an Uber fairly often to, like, get to work, I actually feel like I have a lot of drivers who do that kind of thing. Or just like in re- in reality, like details about your personal life. In reality, like you can feel out a person within the first thirty seconds by how they like answer questions, like "How you doing today?" Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's like you having a good night, and once people start giving one syllable responses, then you, you know, know you're like, okay, you know, we're not you gonna... know to back off. But some people are 
they, they everyone asks pretty much the same questions like are you from here yes. where did you move from do you like doing this you know mm-hmm. it's like i should just like print a, like a little like bio sheet and, and laminate it and put it in the back i'm like just my point. name is jared quinn i'm a libra i like long walks on the beach i hate people but i love gatherings <laughs> isn't that ironic don't you think um do you feel like it compares at all to maybe your like stranger nights in the kitchen like a weird night in an uber versus a weird night in the kitchen no because my weird nights in my uber never involved like bodily injury fair enough i i i've never had i've never had a moment in my car driving around where you know someone starts hemorrhaging or gets a third degree burn knock on wood or you know Passes well. Okay, that's a lie. People pass out in the car all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. The only difference is that, like I don't I don't let people drink in the back of my car. They have to put their drinks in the front. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was never the case in the kitchen. No. <laughs> you get it back when you when you leave. That's what I tell them. Um. Yeah, you mentioned a story before we started recording. Um, I guess the nice thing about being an Uber driver is not having to like depend on other people in the same way as when you're in a kitchen. Cause I know at your last job, you got put in kind of a weird position before you left. Yeah. I was a uh, person I was working for walked out of us, walked down on us on uh, Christmas day uh, over being unprepared. And I hadn't been there cause I had been out for a couple of days and, uh, I was kind of, I was basically forced into the situation of not only running that night, but running the rest of the restaurant until like my notice was over. Yeah. I promptly had given my notice the day afterwards saying that I did not want to work here, but I was also an honorable person and said that I would work through Mardi Gras. Which was very generous of you for anyone who knows anything about Mardi Gras. (laughs) And the restaurant I worked for uh, did not hire an executive chef till two weeks before of I was leaving. Of course they didn't. So course. I, I basically, like, I had another sous chef, and we basically split up everything, and he took care of production, and I took care of all the logistics. Oh, and then he still got passed over for the job? No, he was quitting at the same time, too. Oh, oh okay. No, he didn't want to work there Thank either. God. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I actually had to convince him to stay. Long, <laughs> as long as you Till, because he kept wanting to leave early. I'm like... Just leave the same day I do. Please just yeah. <laughs> give me this. <laughs> he left in the yeah, he like we, we both left on the same day. He left in the afternoon, I left in the evening. And And we're not gonna say that that specific instance made you leave the industry, but we also won't not say that. I mean it was definitely a turning point where I was just like I was I had reached that point where you know, it was like I'm in charge, but I wasn't A, I didn't have a title, and B, I wasn't getting paid for what I was doing. And C, I just didn't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So business as usual. Yeah. Well, I no. I was trying to, like, I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, but at a certain point I was like, oh, I can't last here more than a year. Yeah. yeah. You know? But I also liked all the benefits I had because it was the first time in a long time that I worked in a restaurant where I got, like, medical. I know. Isn't that I had crazy? paid vacation. That's I had a parking insane. spot. I had a 401k. Yeah. Like, I had all those things that you work for, work up to, like, as an adult, and I had them all, and it was just like, it's not even worth it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Was is it, um, one of our last guests mentioned that, like, the instant you start thinking about, like, quitting a job, and, like, when you leave that day, you're just like, 
oh, I don't want to go back tomorrow. That it's oh, it's already yeah, over it's in done. your mind. I mean, I would wake up in the mornings on like my worst days and be like, Jared, it's not a job. It's health insurance. Yeah, and you know, Jesus. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, in spite of all of those things, do you see any possibility of like going back? I mean, I'm not against working in kitchens. Because mm-hmm. we talked about you, you know, I, temping. Yes, well that that's that's out of friendship. That's not, <laughs> that's not out it's of different. the that's it's not out of the need different. of money. Yeah. Friendship and cash. Yes, cash rules everything around me. But uh, <laughs> like maybe if some time some time went by, but like it's not just the mental toll of working kitchens; it's mm-hmm. the physical toll. Oh, definitely. Of, you know, I. I've been working in this industry for almost 20 years and I have bad knees. Yep. I have arthritis in my hands. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, you know, I had pretty bad drug and alcohol dependency issues yeah. like for a long time. That's kind of one of the reasons I started doing like, like Lyft and Uber and so on the side when I, yeah. you know, because it kept me from going out and drinking after work all night. Yeah. So you could either go to the bar and sit there till three in the morning, or, or you, you could, could just drive around, make some money, and be so tired that you can't go drink. Now, that being said, this is the worst city to do this in because yeah. the bars are still open. Yeah, at three at three four in the morning. So yeah, you could yeah. I mean, really and and there have to. been nights where it's like you know I I work till six in the morning. And I'm just like, I'm just going to go by, you know, whatever bar that's open nearby because there's always a 24-hour bar in New Orleans and have one drink before I go home. Have you, so this is a personal question mostly, but have you ever actually had one drink? Because I was trying to think of an instance because I was saying that to someone the other day and I was like, I can't think of a specific instance where I've ever had one drink. I've had one drink. You literally cannot think of an instance where you've only had one drink. Well, I'm like that guy who like, gets the beer in the shot. Like, I don't think, I can't think of, well, I mean, you can count that as one, I guess. Like, you, you I mean, the only, the only time I have one drink is when it's like, the, like I haven't slept all night. Yeah. And it's that one drink before you go. Right, right. You just I'm like, just going to have one like for the road. You yeah. know, I never would have figured myself to be the odd, the odd one out in this conversation, but I definitely am. That's okay. Do you do you feel like in spite of having like taken a step back from the things about the service industry that maybe were kind of taking a toll on you both ment- mentally and physically um do you feel like you are still a part of that culture like because of the time you spent I mean I think mentally I am yeah but you know I because I'm not working in it full time I don't see the people that I used to see all the time yeah. yeah. Like, I see Jake because I pop into the place he works at, you know, <laughs> to, you know, to get you. coffee. But, like, there are a lot of people that I have lost touch with because they're the kind of people that you always saw at midnight, one, two in the morning because they were getting off their Work service and jobs. You, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, I mean, like, <laughs> even me just, like, going from working nights immediately into, like, being a baker, it was like, I was like, there's so many people, like, in the first, like, couple months was like, oh, shit, I don't have anybody's phone number. I just kind yeah, of I've assumed just I'd see them. See them. Yeah. yeah, you see the same people at the same places four or five nights a week, mm-hmm. and that's the basis of your friendships. Yeah. Because you're linked by your, you know, the, working in the service industry and being night people. Yeah. And, you know, and there is definitely 
like a schism in New Orleans between day people and night oh, people. Hundred percent, for sure. You know, I I I haven't worked a. I call it like the happy hour life. People who get off at four or five o'clock, and there's you know drink specials <laughs> and small plates. Yeah, awaiting for them at their local establishments. I'm like, I kind of want to live that life. Like, I want to know what that's like, you know, and be you know be at bed, bed by like eleven o'clock. Just start working in pastry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I dated too many bakers. When I was <laughs> Fair enough. I Fair like, enough. And I say that as a baker. <laughs> yeah, I definitely it, it slips the other way though because you get like that where it's like I'll go. I've been doing it for so long at this point where it's like. Six thirty, seven o'clock rolls around. I was like, "There's too many fucking people here. I gotta leave now." It's <laughs> like I saw a party of ten walk in, and one of them has a penis necklace. I gotta go <laughs> it's, it's now. Over. I mean, do you know, like, seven other people you can go out e- eat dinner with on a given night? No. Like, I don't think I know no. four people. Like, so that blows my mind when, like, oh, we got a party of twenty and we got a party of fifteen. I was like. Who are these people, and why do you think? How do how do they think they're going to get ser- like good right? service? I don't have that many people on my birthday, and I use blackmail to get people to come to you. Absolutely, <laughs> I got a lot of dirt on people. You celebrate your birthday in the service industry, because I, I I worked for a chef who, when I would ask for my birthday off, he's like, "You're a grown ass adult. Like, I don't give a crap about your birthday." That's why I quit one of my jobs like two days before my birthday so I could celebrate it. <laughs> You're like, fuck this. He's like, why the 12th? He's like, because I want my birthday off and you ain't going to give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I never asked for my birthday off. I would always just go after it. But I would, ask, I would always ask for the next day the off. Day, yeah. The day after. So I would be like, here's how this is going to go. It's my birthday. I'm going to get shit housed. I can show up hungover and you'll pay me full price to do half as much work. Or, or... you can just give me the day off. I was like, that, those are your options. Because you can't fire me, so you can do one of the other. Or you just threaten to, like, look, I'm just going to be get shit drunk every night for the week because you won't give me one day off. Well, I mean, I do that, too, but yeah. I don't use it as a bargaining chip. It just looks bad on me. The worst is, like, you know, you've gotten so drunk, like, the night before that at work you're sweating. It's like, who spilled the alcohol? And then you realize, it's you. You're the one who's sweating. Yeah, you just I'm like, way. I'm the one who smells like whiskey. It's just coming out of my pores. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Jake have the same birthday, so you don't have to blackmail me to be in Thanks, Hannah. We're both celebrating. It's great. It's coming up. Hashtag Leo season, you guys. We're Leos. We like long walks on the beach. Smelling <laughs> like grain alcohol. Isn't it crazy that every sign likes long walks on the beach? And grain alcohol. And grain alcohol. Yeah. So, Jared, there are a couple of questions that we just like to ask every guest who comes through <laughs> as a way of kind of like... Putting a nice little bow on it at the end. Um, as much as I hate to stop talking to you, what? Uh, turn the microphones off. That's true. We'll keep talking to you, but we won't make we people keep... listen to it. Um, where is your favorite place to eat right now? If you had to like just pick one that you were going to shoot a recommendation, it's probably Tondin out in Gretna. Oh hell yeah! Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like that's definitely u- the best Vietnamese in but it's the greater u- it's New just usually area, like my default my like where yeah. it's just like where do you want it? like except for Tuesdays obviously because it's close on Tuesday so because we haven't had a night person on in a long time I want to ask what is your fi- like so I assume that is your favorite day place what is your favorite night place mm. that's a good question because for being a twenty four hour city like New yeah there's shockingly New Orleans has a limited amount open. of like late night. Places Metairie actually true. and Kenner actually have more places. No, it's crazy. Like, there's more that caters to the airport than there does to like actual service. Yeah, you go down Veterans like 
you know, a deep Metairie or Kenner. Like, that's there's true. That's where five or six at. places that are open 24 hours. Yeah. You know, if you want to go eat at like the TikTok or Dots Diner, or yeah, the go Amer- to City American. Diner, get a hey, pancake I, the size of your head. I'm not gonna lie, like I love the fuck out of Dots Diner. I don't think I've ever been to Dots. It's not good. I'm a big fan of the TikTok, even though they, they, they have got a questionably racist sign up recently. They always have a questionably racist sign. <laughs> like yeah. that's the like. But they also make corned beef hash, so really, <laughs> toss up. Um, yeah, that's the hard question. I'm like, yeah, I do totally. like I do like the Avenue Pub. Like, because yeah. their kitchen is open until two in the morning on weekdays, and, and four in the, mo- and like four in the morning, you can ask for and you're just like, like you, know, you get off work, and you know what? Like the dump truck fries, like you know what? You know what sounds really good? Is this fries covered in pulled pork and bechamel and like mm-hmm. green onions? I'm like, that's all I want. In life. That's all I want. Just yeah. soak up the alcohol yeah. a little mm-hmm. bit too. And lastly, Jared, if you were gonna give a piece of advice to baby Jared or someone who was going to follow in your footsteps, what would it be? Be it in the kitchen or maybe like making a transitional choice like you ended up making. Don't think that, that cooking is a career. It's not <laughs> like, un- unless very fair. Yeah. Look, yeah. unless your dream, truth, unless you your guys, dream is on. to like open your own, own restaurant, restaurant, own a restaurant or, be an executive like we call them white we call them white shoes you know executive chefs who don't actually Actually cook cook they're just i like white shoes i've always called them paper chefs no white shoes is good no because their shoes are so clean yeah exactly you know like because they've never had to like like step through like oil and grease and flour work in actual service in years yeah like if that's your dream like great that's that's something to work for too and that's going to take a long time but what is the reason that we, we got into this? Like, well, we like working nights because we don't like waking up early. We like, we're kind of adrenaline junkies. Mm-hmm. We're masochists. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And we don't want to form intimate connections with people because <laughs> we're not available, like, both physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. No. So. I mean, that being said, you can have a, a relationship, you know, you can form friendships and work a service engineering night job. It does exist, but it's not always pretty. Yeah. Or be a felon. <laughs> or pl- be a felon. I know plenty of felons who work in kitchens. Yeah, me that's, too. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it really overlaps, yeah. if we're being honest. Yeah, we're, we're already a felon. So, uh, we, I think we're going to end tonight the way we end a normal shift in the kitchen with a shot, shot of whiskey. whiskey. Thank you, Jared, so much for being with us tonight. We Thank really appreciate having, it. Thank you for having me. This has been How Do You Like Your Eggs, a production of Cicada Radio. If you'd like to sign up for our newsletter or find out more information about this or any of our other shows, please visit us at cicadaradio.com. If you'd like to support us, maybe buy us a couple of eggs, please find us at patreon.com slash cicada radio. Just glad to see a blue morning and a yellow egg at the break of day. Gotta break them before you make them That's what they say But you gotta break them before you make them That's what they say You gotta break them before you make them That's what they say
This is Cicada Radio. Sing, love, die.